happens when you cook a little late. Yeah, we're running a little late, a couple of last minute tech things, but uh, like I said, we're gonna try and recoup on this and kind of move this forward. Uh, so, so real quick, prelim, co prelim comment for a new TV show, uh, which we can catch on the back end, but let's uh, get this going because got things to do and people to talk to and I don't want to, I don't want to be a bad host, you know? You're the greatest. <laughs> right. Fill my heart with joy. All right, so real quick, some announcements to get out of the way first. Number one is a thank you to Sirenscape for the thank background you. music and soundboard that you're hearing in the background. Hopefully it's not too loud. I am getting better about trying to keep that ambience to a certain level. Uh, that being said, also want to give a shout out and a thank you to the community, those who followed, those who subscribed. Uh, it's that kind of support that continues to let us grow. So thank you much love to you guys thank you um, help us and i want to do a quick call out if you are enjoying the show whether you've you're here hanging out with us on twitch on tuesdays when we do it live uh if you're catching the video replay on youtube when i get it up on youtube or if you're catching the audio version and wherever audio podcasts are available be sure to like it give it a give us a good rating share it with your friends to get them to check it out that kind of growth is going to be useful for us to continue to grow and evolve. And that's pretty much all my announcements. So it's a lot of thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm very humbled and appreciate all of you. Thank you. Namaste. <laughs> all righty. So uh, real quick, uh, now we'll go roll into our what's up, what we've been up to. I uh, got a couple of great surprises for you guys tonight. Some new things we're trying out. But uh, at first, we got to do our what's up, what we've been up to. Uh, what as, have we been up to? So, Ryle, as usual, tell us what you've been doing in your wanderings and travelings. Any wineries or, you know, braving the wastelands of uh, Days Gone? What you been up to? Uh, well, other than braving the la uh, land of Days Gone, that will be spoken about quickly later. Uh, it is the 4th of July weekend, so got an extra day for the weekend, so it was three-day weekend. Uh, Friday went uh, out to first landing with a co-worker um, we did about we did 11 miles through there and it was a, a power trip but you know good walk through there good escape and other than that just been um, reading and writing I started reading the, um, the Elton John uh, biopic book called me um, and then I actually finished up my romance story so now I have a friend editing it and once that's done I'm gonna go ahead and get ready to publish it later on so that's about it. Those are the quick hits. That'll be good to that'll oh. be good to check out. And Show uh, some support. Pork loin ribs, specially seasoned by me. Good sweet and sour uh, chipotle rub. Nice. It was good, tasty. That's a Maybe. that's an interesting combination. Oh, yeah. Sweet and sour and chipotle. I mean, yeah. that's that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, it was great. Ate some tacos today out of it. Yeah, I mean. That's always good. Um, for me, it's uh, as you can tell from the background, I, it shifted again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had the uh, opportunity this weekend because it was the Fourth of July weekend, and I took some time and had some free time, as rare as that is, and decided to rearrange the layout of the layout of my desk and the studio so that I could have a better view of my monitors. The way I had it before is like I would be looking at my monitor on my Task, but head would be turned to look track what's going on. now i just have up All right so now it's a much oh yeah editing there was a video project i had on the books uh tabletop crafting build i'd done a while back for uh some keel boats i showed showed them up over here but all the video i was kind of intimidated to edit well i finally sat down i edit it and it's up gonna come out on youtube here probably another week or so also some other project vids i uh, decided to do something simple and do a lego set just kind of to test out and those will be coming out this week it's a three-part series for building a singular set so it's uh it's, it's kind of nice to kind of get into the youtube thing and get youtube videos out but uh that's pretty much what i've been up to today i went out to dinner with a friend because hey it's professor penumbra's birthday we remember him he's the guy who did comic books with us uh early in the show yeah and it was his birthday and he's he's had a lot going on so went out and had some wings 
good times. Nothing wrong with the wings, especially where you went. They have good wings. Oh yes, they do. They have great wings. I think I got a sauce that was like a uh, hot and blue. It's like a uh, blue cheese baked into the wings. And I think I know where the echo is. The echo is coming from your mic when you still have it on when I start before it catches up. But I continue to work on that. Uh, so that being said, uh, let's go ahead and jump into our review. And then after our, just a quick roadmap for tonight, uh, we have our review. And then after our review, we have a guest. Uh, we're going to be hanging out with a member of the studio com community uh, Discord, as well as the Realmsmith uh, Discord community. Uh, kind of a new friend and a player on Challenge Accepted, one of our new, but uh, he has some interesting things that are going on in his world that I felt was pretty good to share considering stuff we talk about when it comes to gaming uh so stay tuned for that but first we're going to do our reviews and this week on our reviews we have one film to review and of course it's the film that just hit disney plus for independence day weekend and that is hamilton we all have heard about this play, and this is one of those film adaptations. I must say, out of several film adaptations of an actual stage recording, this is probably one of the better ones I've seen, and I hate to say that's probably because of the technology used, as opposed to some of the older editions of that. But, as usual, I will turn it over to Rai to give us his take on the film, and then I will comment accordingly. So, Rai? So... No problem. Like Scuba said, this is a film adaptation of the same name, musical. And one of the unique things they did, instead of, you know, like typical musical adaptations where they use big sound, you know, big stages or sound designs and a lot of like Hollywood glitz and glamour, they literally just adapted the play from the stage to the big small screen. As uh, Scuba alluded, it is available on Disney Plus, so if you have a subscription, you can check it out. Um, overall, I can simply sum it up in three words. Watching this uh, uh, theatrical adaptation for Disney Plus is it's a work of art. Um, there are times when you know you, you you watch films and you watch uh, theater and you watch a lot of different things and you're like okay this is good and great. This the work and the design and the music and the storytelling done through this uh, theatrical play is just simply just a uh, a work of creative genius. Um, uh, the The play is written by Lin Manuel Emmanuel Miranda. Excuse me, I butchered the name. Um, and basically, this encompasses a, a like a typical biopic, but focuses on Alexander Hamilton, one of the founding fathers of America. And the great thing about what I found in this play is that it does a good fusion between history. Uh, theatrical display and storytelling all in a triangular effect. Um, it gives you insight uh, through the eyes of Alexander Hamilton and watching, you know, his uh, his uh, rise through the American Revolution, through the initial inception of America, and just showing all the just typical wranglings that happen in the political system, even in history, how it reflects in today. And that connection that it reflects in today is actually done through the music and how they adapted a unique blend of uh, hip-hop, rap, and R&B and pop that is very familiar to people of 80s and 90s music and just kind of made it relatable on, on, a, on a current modern societal level. And just from the get-go, I was just completely raptured into this play. Uh, I was completely uh, bored by how great the ensemble cast was every character had depth had flaws had uh had strong human conviction and everything had a point to the songs so from beginning to end it was just a complete uh a complete experience take it away scuba Uh, yeah, I checked this out this morning because it's the first time I had time to really check it out. Yeah. And I found it was a enjoyment to watch. It's probably not the best musical I've heard. And I may be biased on some of my opinions, but needless to say, the overall story 
wasn't too bad. Like I said, the some of the music is definitely it takes if you're a fan of if you're a fan of jazz and 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 a little bit of hip hop and whatnot, then this is great. I mean, this is definitely a modern thing and the last more modern uh musical that I listened to would be Rent, which came out in the 90s. Uh, and that was one that really stuck out for the fact that its music was a little bit different than the previous iterations. Uh, even though it came out at roughly the same time, we saw like the Lion King Broadway production. And before that, some of us who are f fans of uh, Les Mis, Phantom of the Opera, um, Sweeney Todd happens to be another good one that I'm a big fan of. I'll back you up on that one too. Yeah. But <laughs> as far as then the film adaptation of a stage performance you know i mean this one's pretty good too and i i like the story i like how it was back and forth i felt some of the there were some moments i was just dying laughing because here it is as we're depicting the birth of our nation and we're using modern terms for certain dialogue bits and it's just it's it's a riot yeah it's 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 that it's that creativeness that 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 gravitates to a writer like me how you can add double meaning to things that even modernize it's still relatable to what was then so um from what i read and heard uh he took seven years to write this play and you can tell that this was was definitely worked on hell that he really worked put his heart and soul into this I just noticed there was something on the back end that I'm going to have to address in just a second. But, <laughs> um, it's pretty good. I mean, I mean, we can't really say much more. If you have access to Disney+, Plus, go check this out. If you've already seen it because it's been out for a few years and there's been some buzz, positive and negative, uh, regardless, you should definitely go check it out. Uh, it's on Disney+. Plus, so... Uh, we'll do that. Rye, what what did you call this one? I mean, uh, I think this is probably our highest one I've seen this year. Oh, yeah. Especially, well, for this year. And it, it got the rare score. I don't throw, you know, a perfect score out there very often. So I gave it a 5 out of 5. I think it's a, just legendary. Just the experience. When you can grab me from the first, first scene then and then carry me all the way to the end, then you win my heart. So it's a 5 out of 5 in my book. Probably it's going to stick there depending on how the movie season happens the rest of the year. So, uh, so with that, let's uh, transition over to State of Game. Um, all right. So we're. I'm going to take a moment to fix something on the back end before we get it too much further, but I will let this opportunity be allow for Rye to sit there and tell us about his current adventures into the uh, wonderful world of Days Gone, which I have been harassing him about playing for, was it four months now? It was a few months, yes, because I had it. I bought it, and then it was sitting there, and then I stared at it, and then, huh, and then got Final Fantasy, so it got in the drawer. And then I eventually started playing it. And I went and played a little bit more. Played a few more hours. More like played to like morning. But um, just the exploration of the game has uh, captured me pretty uh, pretty intensely. I like venturing out. I like the, the randomness that, that, that occurrences happen in the game. Um, and the thing I like about it is that it's it has a true intent of survival. Like you'll be riding your motorcycle, and you better find some gas because if you don't, you're gonna run out of gas and stuck running away from monsters and also humans. And I had an interesting thing that happened to me on the second playthrough: is I was riding my motorcycle, I was coming around the turn, and then all of a sudden this uh, laser sight aiming at me. So there was a sniper in a tree who sniped my motorcycle, blew the engine, I fell off, and then a gang of four guys came running around the, the, the big boulder trying to attack me. But because I had a, uh, a very epic axe, I took him out, and I had to sneak around and snipe the guy out of the tree. So then I went back to my motorcycle, and I saw somebody trying to, trying to steal it, so I went and 
do what I do best, just murder him. They took my bike back. So that was a very interesting experience. And that's the kind of experiences I like in games where it's just, you don't expect. You don't expect. It's a true, vivid, open world. And the story um, is definitely gripping me because you definitely have to work with camps. And you don't really know what else is out there. It's kind of scary at the same time because you keep hearing about traveling north, but then you come to find that there's more badness around and you don't really know what so i'm kind of curious to see what happens now. yeah i'm looking forward to hearing your next update but and I'm... oh go ahead ghost of shishima comes out soon so oh. that'll be uh, in the mix soon and maybe we can do a playthrough so we'll bring the ps4 over i'll think Thoughts? about that think about it i'll think about that all right um so with that i fixed on the back end so we're gonna go ahead and roll over and bring in our guest uh There we go. All right. So have here is we have our guest. Uh, this is Glenn, or uh, better known as Glock, or as I've come to know him, <laughs> Will Greenblade over on the Manticore on the Realmsmith Discord server. Glenn, how are you doing tonight, my man? I'm doing great. I'm a man of many names, apparently. So <laughs> <laughs> Many names is a good thing. Oh, yeah. And, uh, on uh, Challenge Accepted, it's... Uh, Carolee. <laughs> Carolee. That's right. Yeah. So... I uh, wanted to we, see you recently. You recently joined the uh, Scuba Disc, Scuba Studio Discord, which I greatly appreciate, and joined the Challenge Accepted uh, st uh, stream on Saturdays. But we talked a little bit over on the Realmsmith where we first kind of met, and figure and there was some things you're doing uh, as as in in your because you're a teacher. And was like yeah. to kind of get 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 into a little bit of that conversation, but why don't we first? Why don't, why don't you tell us who you are, what you what what you kind of up to, and your experiences with uh, the very this whole all of this D and D stuff that uh, we've come to know each other through. Oh sure, yeah. I um, so I'm you know, Glenn, and I've been I've been playing D and D since I was eight, back in 1980. So been playing for a long time. And uh, so, and I've been, uh, I just loved it. And when I was introduced to it because I, in a school actually, I wasn't doing very well. And then there was this gifted and talented program and they were playing this game called Dungeons and Dragons. And I saw some kids doing it that were older and I thought, hey, I can do that. And so I started reading books and playing D&D and I've been playing ever since. And uh, so when I started teaching about 23 years ago or so, I, uh, kind of thought I would do the same thing, something similar. So I've been doing it on and off for, geez, forever. <laughs> I'm 49 now, so for 41 years, I've been playing it for a long time. And so when this uh, I, when this whole COVID thing hit, uh, it kind of, it put a, just a damper in my obviously playing, which everybody else did too. And so my live game I've been playing every other week just kind of uh, fell away because we couldn't do it. Tried tried to do over the zoom thing and tried to do roll 20 and we just, you know, we had some technical difficulties. We'd never done it before. So we tried, but it was just, it was kind of killing me. And, and then, um, we'll talk about it later, I'm sure, but my role playing club that I run at school, uh, for my kids, I was doing that every week and that went away too. So I just found myself in this creative void, if you will. And so I started like writing my own adventures and doing my other things. It just wasn't enough. And then I was watching, um, a critical role, and uh, it uh, stopped broadcasting. And um, but then I saw Matt Mercer as a guest host on this one stream called Into the Mist. And so I thought, hey, I'll start watching. I watched that, and and uh, I was like, oh, these guys play the real table. This is really cool. And uh, they and so I started watching back stories and started getting into it really. And so I thought, hey, this is great. And so I decided to subscribe to it, and that's how I got on the Realmsmith. Discord and uh, into the you know into the realm basically and uh, watched everything. In fact, I finished episode thirty-four of Order of Dragons Bane today. So, uh, so I finally finished all of them. And uh, and so the only one I'm not finishing is I'm not doing the Sentinels of the Storm one because I uh, that's the one I play every other week and we start this whole thing up again. So, <laughs> so I kind of avoid that. So that's kind of how I got involved and then um, you know got into the revelry and met you and these guys and. Just been itching to, to do some D&D, &D. and so uh, when you had an opening for Challenge Accepted, I thought, hey, 
I'm going to jump at that. So I appreciate <laughs> it. So. Yeah. That's the, uh, the D that D and D club is the one that really gets me because we see we, we yeah. so many articles will talk about how the educational benefits of playing Dungeons and Dragons and because it's that situational, uh, storytelling kind of thing it's like here's your choices how are you going to react so being able to kind of see talk about that's kind of cool especially and since like you said it's like you were doing this and all of a sudden covid that just jacked everything up now we're all kind of sitting here learning how to live digitally even though we probably have been doing it just probably not this level before so but uh, yeah so, so let's just kind of lead into that that D&D club you've been doing I mean how is that organized I mean are you like a central dungeon master and then the kids are all coming to play or is it uh, the kids have different groups and you're just there kind of like as a, a mentor to kind of help them kind of navigate the rules sure let me talk about that a little bit it kind of morphed a little bit over the years so uh, when I had gone to junior high when I was younger, they had a club at my school, and I thought that was cool, and I met some lifelong friends, and we started playing D&D, and there's still some of my friends I keep in touch with today, and so I thought that was really a cool aspect of it. And so when I started I'm teaching at this uh, middle school, it's a lower-income area, um, and my school, at, it's uh, Dixon Middle School in Provo, Utah. I double-checked with my PR guy, I can, I'm allowed to say that, so <laughs> I talked with it, but... Uh, so it's in Provo, Utah, Dixon Middle School, and it's in a lower income area. And uh, and I thought, and I had a, a kid approach me, saw some of my stuff uh, in my office. And uh, he, you know, said, do you play D&D? And I said, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so he said, well, I want to kind of start playing with my friends. So this is 22 years ago. Uh, and so I said, well, let me see if I can get this going here. And um, you remember the whole uh, satanic panic of the, you know, late, late 80s and early 90s, um, I had actually, in fact, written a paper in college about, uh, it was a satirical essay about role-playing games um, uh, based on uh, Jonathan Swift's uh, modest, proposal, modest proposal paper. Anyway, so I'd written this paper about this stuff, and so I was kind of pretty well-versed in it. And so when I started doing it here, there was a lot of pushback from my administration and from other people. And so I just said, hey, look, this is so good for I just laid out all these things it does, reading and mathematics and group dynamics and um, being a leader, being a follower, uh, social anxiety, and just laid all those things. And so they said, all right, let's give it a shot. So I had one group uh, and I ran the games for them. Uh, and then it went so well, we started getting more and more people. And I started having about 10 or 15 people that couldn't do it. And a friend of mine said, hey, I'm free on Fridays. So he came after school on Friday. And so he started running a group and I ran a group. And then over the next few years, it started getting so big and it became the most popular club at my school. And <laughs> we got a grant program that was uh, based on after school things. And so my numbers were huge. I was getting 30 and, you know, 30 something kids out there, even, even more than that. Uh, and, and so I was in the cafeteria and we had tables all over and, and uh, kids that had been in that original group came back there in high school. So they started running the games for the other kids. And that's kind of the model I've been using is kids that were former members then come back when they're in high school and they run games for the younger kids. And so they'll run a game. And so I usually have almost every year, it's dipped, you know, when uh, computer games got really good uh, to the point where, you know, when Minecraft got huge and other things like that, people went, uh, stopped reading. And so I didn't have as many people to run games. But I even ran once, I even let me do it for a summer school one time. It was so popular, so big. But I actually ran a club where I actually basically ran a game for summer school. And then I, and then I ran another class on teaching people how to be dungeon masters. And I had wow. 16 kids. In, I had 16 kids in my class on how to be a dungeon master. It was crazy. And so I ran this whole like one on 16 big game for everybody where I talked about why I made the decisions I made. I was on the whiteboard. It was pretty funny. And and then I had them split into groups of four, create their own games, play them. And then I had the one person stay, they rotate. It was really just awesome. And those guys were my DMs for the next six, seven years, easily. In fact, one of those kids has gone on, joined the military. He's, he's come back now. He's, uh, you know, and he's actually still comes back and runs a game. And this is probably 18 years later, something like that. I mean, it's crazy, right? So um, anyway, so that's the model. I basically have kids that are in high school come back and run games for the seventh and eighth graders uh every once in a while an eighth grader will step up or even a seventh grader run a game 
And, and so I just kind of sit there at back and I rotate through the game. Sometimes I have a character in each game and I jump in for a little bit and, and I just get asked questions, but it's usually five or six games. So I can't uh, stay with one game too long. I have to kind of rotate around and I have my room and in the room across the hall, we split up enough to have like offices so that we can create space and it's a lot of fun. Nice. So, I, so are they running through like uh, one shot modules from from your back catalog, or is this a, kind of a homebrew situation? I mean, how 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 are they doing the stories? Well, that's funny because the the first group I ran you know, years and years ago, they did D and D, and then I ran a Shadowrun game for them, and then we had Legends of the Five Rings, and then we had you know, each edition of D and D since then, and Pathfinder. We just done a bunch of them and i just have a bunch of you know i, I just buy tons of stuff uh my wife lets me laugh, get, have a budget and <laughs> it's my DD budget <laughs> for my club and uh i say my wife lets me because let's be honest that's what really happens <laughs> so uh and i just have to set aside and i have there's a local uh there's a local game store here that has been awesome uh and uh, in fact one of my old roommates actually started running the store and then it's gone through a few owners since then, but uh, it's awesome. And so they actually have given, like, give me a discount. So I've spent thousands of dollars on old stuff for them. And now the digital age is a little easier for me. So I just kind of uh, usually get them going with a first, uh, a first level module. And then the DM just kind of runs with it. Um, I've had a few campaign settings. And for the most part, nowadays, almost everybody just does D&D. And uh, it's all fifth edition. Uh, just, that just happened to be who runs the games and who, and so, and it's always hit and miss. I'm always every year wondering who's going to come back and then five or six kids show up that want to run the game. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. And, uh, and uh, so we just kind of go from that and they just start going and they usually, they do full campaigns that last the whole year. Uh, every once in a while, we'll do some one shots and all. And at the end of the year, I always do this really big thing where I get all the DMs together and I run a big kind of, one on you know whatever game for them at the very end and they fight some big creature and i buy some like the red dragon or some big huge figure they they fight and it's pretty fun but nice. uh, yeah i think they run with it it's awesome i have kids actually i should say this you know some kids are really out there and they want to do their own things and so uh they'll run like a pokemon version of dnd or they're in the pokemon world or or they're in legend of zelda world you know and they do their own things and they, they have fun and they find their niche and there are a few kids that really like that stuff and they run with it. And I let them, I say, Hey, go for it. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. That's a, uh, and then that, that's one of the nice things about fifth is it's very uh, utilitarian to utilize in other settings. I think there's a, there's a, my little pony version right now <laughs> that oh, yeah. you can, that you can get books for. Uh, my daughter is real kind of interested because she's at that cusp where she's ready to, start jumping in and she's starting middle school next year. But I also know that my son's high school has a gaming club, but, I, but he's made some comments on, I'm not sure if it's video game or tabletop, but they have some, they have a couple of clubs. So, but it, it's nice to actually, you know, you, it's one thing to read an article in some obscure media location that says this school in this part of the world does this. And it's like, Oh, I wonder how that goes. And, you know, to have the opportunity to actually talk to somebody who, has built this so to speak is really cool and really makes me happy really makes me excited for some of the stuff these kids come up with kids creativities when they're given the right outlet is just mind-boggling you know i have to say that it's been a great blessing in my life to see some of the the, the cool things that come out of it i um master's degree in educational counseling as well um, and while i was doing that i had to run a group and it's hard as a teacher to like take time off. So I was able to do most of my stuff after school. And I got permission to have my group be this uh, a group after one of, my, one of my groups. And I ran the game for them. And it was a bunch of students that were in um, kind of a, they, they had some something that was uh, inhibiting their social uh, okay. interact, to interact. Uh, it's probably the best way for me to say that without getting- Some, some form of social anxiety. We don't need yeah, to go yeah, much, yeah, much more was, than that. They, it, yeah, it was a behavior and there's some behavioral disorders and things like that. And I can't really say too much about it, but, but anyway, so I was able to run that group. And so I went with them and to see the change in them from the start of the year to the end of the year was, was just incredible because they were able to, there, there were kids that, that almost were unable to communicate 
and they were so into the games. And years later, I've had some of them uh, email me back or talk to me and come back and talk about how much it changed their life. And it wasn't me because I wasn't doing it, but it was the game and it was just the, the outlet of the game. You know, it was just the ability to be able to teach those kind of social skills and have them develop some friends that they stay with for the lifetime. I mean, I have, I mean, people, I have some, there's a two people in my own home game from my second year of running this club that as time went on and they got older and now they're married and they have kids and, <laughs> and, uh, and they actually are in my own home game. And so, and they're, they're so they're my friends now, which is weird to say, they still have a hard time not calling me Mr. Lockwood, <laughs> which is kind of funny at the D and D table. <laughs> but, it, it, it's, uh, but it's it, not so it, bad. I mean, all of us who've transitioned from being the, transitioned into the adulthood and actually could start calling have the opportunity to call the adults that we look up to by their first name is definitely intimidating i, I kind of went through that when i was i did boy scouts as a you as a young as a younger and when i got i was so i was at that point where i transitioned up where a lot of my friends were still scouts but because i was 18 i was on the adult side so it's that <laughs> back and forth and these are people I grew up with and being able to go from saying uh, Mr. Scoutmaster or Mr. So-and-so to hi Doug hi Mac hi Mike <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't think it'll ever change but that's really cool that 20 years later these guys are oh, yeah. still talking and, and I've always said your best friendships can if you can make friends at the gaming table they'll be your best friends for life because there's so much you share at the gaming table that is arguable to people who share some some big life things because then it's like it's not so much oh remember that one time it was like no remember when we did this or we did that there's that because you're so invested in it it's really kind of positive and powerful and especially long run, running games yeah, it's been funny because, I mean, I've had kids that, you know, were failing out of school. And I used to run, have this thing where they had to be passing their classes before they come to my after school club. And, and different things that I did at different times uh, where they were, their parents would come in and say, can you not let them come until they get their grades up? And I'd say, sure, it's up to you. you. Your choice. And it was awesome because they would, like, work really hard just to get just to, like, come to the club. <laughs> and, then, and then there would be sometimes when kids would be where I'd have parents say, I don't want my child doing this. Again, the satanic panic was very real, uh, still out here. Uh, it's a pretty religious community that I'm in. And so, uh, so, and I've always just said, Hey, can you just come out and just, just watch the club? Um, and, and then just before you make a judgment call, just watch, watch that happens. And they would watch it. And every single time I, and I've had numbers of parents come and administrators and people come observe me from that run the, the grant programs that I was involved with. And, different grants that would come out and do some things and, and donate certain things. And they, they would all say the same thing. This is not what I thought. Uh, there's really nothing wrong with it. Some of them have said, I'm still not good with my son or daughter coming. And I'd say, awesome. But they would always still say, but it's not what I thought it was. And it's way better. And almost, almost all of them have been sold on it. Those few that, that still didn't allow their kids to come, that's it it's been two and 20 something years, you know, that I, at least that I know of, because it's just not, it's just not what everybody thinks it is, you know, and, and I don't let the kids play evil characters and I don't let them run. And that's one of my, one of my rules. I'm like, we, we are still in a school setting. And if you want to do that on your own, great. It's just not for this setting. And so that helps that situation, you know, and I've had kids, like I said, they make their own games. They make, their, I mean, I have kids that make their own, give me manuals of their games that they come up with and create on their own. And, Oh, that's and, so awesome. It's just, I mean, and it's just so cool. And I've had like the high school now and, and over the years, they've just never been able to get it going. But I have schools from all over the place call me and uh, try to get it started and come and observe me. And a couple people have written articles on it and things like that. Just uh, done research papers on it. And, you know, and I just have them come. And I say, look, I don't care. Yeah, please come. Just stand there and watch it. Everybody who comes and watches it is just in love with it. Not because I did anything special, but because the game speaks for itself. You know, these role-playing games are so good for these for these kids. It's good for everybody. But to be able to work through things and figure things out, and yeah, sometimes I pull kids aside and say, hey, let's talk about how we handle a conversation with somebody who disagree with, you know? And, uh, or, or, you know, and these are these are 13 or 14-year-olds 
uh, 12 through 14 year olds, I should say, and let's be honest, that age is a lot of energy. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. On a, Friday, yes. on a Friday after school, it's, uh, it's amped up. Yeah, I would do. I had a I had a group that was pretty regular. Um, you'll see a few of the members in the uh, studio Discord. Uh, it's the Teens on Parade group. This is a group of my son's friends who all wanted to play D and D, and I would be like, "All right," because of scheduling or whatever. Because I was trying to be con considerate of their parents. It's like, "All right, you guys come over, sleep over for a night, and we'll play D and D." And so it's again, it's a group of that age group sitting around trying to go learn and play Dungeons Dragons and some of the stuff they come up with it's like I like where you're going however <laughs> gotta pull them back in yeah so many stories so many stories like one of the ones that I just always sticks out to me was we were playing and I was describing the scenario for them and I said you hear this uh you hear the, the sound of running water and it's babbling brook in the distance and uh and it's quiet and things like that. And one of the kids goes, I put on my water skin and I run towards the water. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, he's dumb because they just don't get it, you know? And, uh, but it's so memorable and it's so awesome. And we laugh about that. Years later, they'll, they'll come back and see me from high school and I'll say, remember the water skin? And, like, and it just starts cracking up. And, you know, those are the kind of things that these build memories forever. And like I said, I, I have kids, honestly, that um, that's the reason why the local game shop is like really big on, on, um, on trying to sponsor the club is because they, they said, Hey, we want kids to come, you know, for years to come. And, and I see them all the time. I go down to the shop and I will see these kids that I, you know, taught years and years ago. And, uh, it's awesome. And, uh, so I actually asked them, the name of the shop is called Dragon's Keep. I called them up and said, can I mention the name? So and, oh, that's uh, awesome. So yeah. Where, where's, so where's that great. place located? Dragon's Keep? So it, yes, Dragon's Keep, it's Provo, Utah. And, okay. uh, but they also have a, they also have a shop in Spanish Fork, Utah and, and in Orem and in Lehigh. So they, they started to expand as well. Road um, trip. But anyway, so, but they're just been really great. And, and I've had other you know, ones that have come and gone been really helpful. And in fact, um, in fact, Wizards, uh, Wizards, of the Coast, or, uh, Wizards of the Coast sent me a thing this year. They gave me a legendary bundle just to run my club. So oh, I that's could, so like, awesome. Yeah, so I could basically then, and, and what I, all, I, all I have to do then is I can actually now share out digitally with these kids. They can be on D&D Beyond, uh, and they can actually just, and so don't, they don't have to have the, your, the books because, like I said, it's a, it's a pretty low-income area. So the only books that usually are there are the ones that I've, purchase but now i have uh we have a technology initiative we have i have some ipads and classroom or some chromebooks they can jump on do their characters there i can share content uh with them that and so they can make up their characters and it's been so they were really supportive and so i've had a lot of really and that was a blessing it just happened right actually during covid because i was trying to run an online version of it through discord and i and i had two groups that really wanted to do it and they're like well, we don't have access to anything and so I said, hey, um, you know what? I, and so I wrote this letter and they had a program and I, it was awesome. So I've just had so many cool blessings and things that have happened. Um, it's just been really cool. Yeah, so. that's, that sounds really cool. I look forward, I, I'm really hopeful that when we come back into school season that things can kind of work out and get that club going again. Uh, yeah. Rye, did you have any, anything you wanted to, to chime in on? I know I've been uh, kind of monopolizing Glenn with questions and stuff. No, uh, you've sorry, been, been I, know, I know. I've been just sitting here enjoying the conversations. What I what I base what I enjoyed is just hearing the community that's being built and it, you have given a platform where it showcases how games can bring people together, how they can improve their communications, how they can be creative. You know, with um the fifth edition you can create different worlds, like you mentioned my little pony and it made me think about when I created that Dragon Ball Z tabletop game that I wish I never lost, but you know, maybe I can start it up again. Oh, yeah, maybe we can even send it over and have Glenn, Glenn have uh, his his crew play test it and give us some feedback. I mean, I'm just th I'm just thinking of some of them to write these things, be able to play test and kind of work through that. How many of them have kind of moved on to? you know, publishing stuff either through the DMs Guild or move on to being game developers themselves. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's got to be some interesting stories on how some of these kids have kind of taken that opportunity to be creative and design yeah. and just kind of go with it. 
Yeah, it builds skills. It it showcases that games can build skills. You know, because if you have a inquisitive mind and you can build upon and expand upon, it'll help you down the road. Not just in the game world, but in the real world. Yeah. Communicating in a workspace, or like me in my case, I'm a trainer. So you know, playing playing games make uh, produces a creative intent on a lot of stuff I got to develop at work, even though it's health insurance. So, Glenn, have have any of you? How many of your kids have moved on into the gaming community, or do you have any idea? So, into the community itself, I know there's quite a few. In fact, one of my kids last year um, is one of the lead uh, artists for a, a Die Hard Dice. I don't know if you know they they make dice sets, things like that. It's a local business here. Um, I know that they've done some stuff on Critical Role as, uh, as well. But oh, wow. uh, and I know. That, She's one of the lead artists for it, and she's done stuff in their art book. And, and uh, I know um, some other ones have gone on to do some uh, things. I, I know at least two of them that are kind of writers. Now, they're not nobody that's been really you know, famously published that I know of. Anything. But uh, I know there's been some. But the biggest thing is I know for a fact that I have a lot of them that still play D&D. They still play, they still play role-playing games, and they're still involved. And I had uh, So when I had the 20th anniversary a couple of years ago, um, yeah, I have like a little Facebook page for some of the old gamers, but of course the new kids aren't on that. So it's just the old, just the older ones that are kind of on it. And uh, I wanted to get them to come back and uh, just kind of do a special little fun thing. And it was kind of cool. I had a few of them come back. You know, my original group, there was only five of them and all five responded and all five still say they're still playing. Nice. And it was really cool. It was really cool. Uh, I've had my uh, second uh, last year or year before last I had my first like second generation player, you know, where I, where the dad was there in the club and then now here's their kid coming back and playing, you know? Oh, that is so that cool. Was really, that, was, that was pretty cool. Uh, my own son went to school with me this last year. And so he was involved. Um, I'd had a couple of my older girls uh, do it in a summer time scenario. Uh, but uh, actually be at my school, he came and was at my school. He's the first one to do it. Um, not, I kind of felt as a dad though, none of them really into the game, <laughs> but, uh, except for my youngest daughter, she's super into it. I run stuff for her friends all the time. So she's, you know, she's, she's, she's the only one that's really stuck with it, but it's been kind of fun. Awesome. Well, I think we're good. We're going to call it on there and, uh, we're going to move into our odds and ends and Glenn, if you're, if you're good with it, we'll just have you hang out and give your two cents on some of these odds and end stories. Yeah, sure. Alrighty. So yeah, odds and ends. All right. So odds and ends is where we find some random internet internet stories and we we give our reactions to them. So our first story is going to it's kind of interesting because it talks about Tesla. Uh, as we all know, Tesla is on the map for making the fully electric electric cars, the uh, nice roadsters and Rumor has it they have a truck on the way that's due to come out soon. One day. But a recent article is that Tesla has just been rated as being worth more than Toyota, Disney, and Coca-Cola. So what do you what, what do you guys think of that? Uh, I think it was bound to happen um, because, you know, the future is an expansive place, but just the fact that um, it surpassed those big three just kind of makes you go, hmm. And it just uh, shows the investment. The investment takes time, but it, it, it'll eventually pay off. Not just not just in Tesla's case, but just in generalities. If you see something further down the road than what is, then it, it will pay off. And it has paid off to an extent, because uh, not just the fact of seeing this big, big number here and seeing it surpass... Uh, all these big known companies but just the fact of if you're just driving around this area alone i've been seeing more and more teslas out on the road i don't know but that i have noticed that and they just put a, a tesla um uh, a tesla recharge um, station creature not recharge station but a um um place where you can get it fixed up and stuff out in virginia ah a repair yeah repair shop there we go a repair shop in the old progressive building the industrial park so it's, it's, it's just showing you just just inching, uh, you know, renewables is inching closer and closer. And then, you know, maybe in our lifetime, it might be around. Glenn, what about you? Have you seen a lot of Teslas out in your neck of the world? 
Well, so he had a unique perspective. I teach science, so I teach about climate change. I teach about all renewable energy and stuff. So Elon Musk has been one of my, uh, you know, man crushes for a while. I, mean, <laughs> I so, feel the I mean, heart. I feel the love. Yeah, I don't don't want to say that in a weird way, but uh, I mean, you know, from, from SpaceX, I teach you know astronomy. So from SpaceX to to everything else, and uh, I saw someone in, in chat talk about how ugly the truck is, and my wife thinks so too. But I'm. Now, if I wasn't a teacher, I'd buy one just because, just because. But uh, no, it's been, yeah, we're seeing more and more of it. In fact, uh, you know, more and more of those things coming on out here. And uh, so I think it's growing. I, I just saw a thing the other day on the internet about how he sur surpassed these other companies. And I thought that that was crazy. You know, I, I couldn't believe it. So, yeah, well, I mean, here, here there's an interesting tidbit with that. I mean, right now, shares of Tesla are trading at about, are worth about a thousand dollars a share. So, when you look at the S&P 500, which is a lot of these big name companies, uh, it's in there. Now, an interesting tidbit is actually Tesla is not on the S&P 500. Uh, you got, you weren't aware of that. It's because, and, and part of that is because, um, and I've listened to investment advice about Tesla for years, and most of them say it's probably not, it, it seems overvalued, but reading this article and then reading some of the additional ones, it turns out that Tesla is not on the S&P 500 because it doesn't meet all of their criteria hmm. for the S&P 500 because this is one of those indexes that you can buy shares of the S&P 500 as a whole and you get a residual from every stock that's in there, not just the individual companies. But part of the reason why Tesla hasn't met all those standards is Tesla actually hasn't turned a profit yet. They're starting to. And they released their earnings for last year, and they all they all, they didn't turn a profit for the first uh, quarter, which is one of those things. So it's like this might be something interesting to watch, and especially if you're into investing and looking at investment opportunity, is watching this for when they do get that last checkbox and get on the S and P 500. I think it'll be very interesting because the overall value of that index is going to jump amazingly. It's going to raise some uh, raise some numbers and figures, definitely for sure. Uh, oh yeah, credit to CNN Business for the article. <laughs> All right, um, our next one is this one will probably definitely speak to Rye, and I'm sure it'll speak to to you and your students, Glenn. Is uh, yeah. we've had with COVID, we've had a lot of concerts getting canceled, right? Yes, I can attest to that. It it hurts my soul. I, I know it's hurting your soul, Rye. You can't go watch all of those places at the amphitheater and all these other other venues. Um, so it's like it, it's it kind of sucks because you know we want to be socially distant. We don't want to you know continue this. We want to get this over and done with. But uh, an interesting little little thing to check out over in the UK. This summer, they're supposedly opening a social distant acceptable outdoor venue for concerts. Um, this is at the, uh, the the Money Unity Arena is going to have little platforms that are about two meters apart that for individuals and small groups can stand at, sit at, and occupy so they can watch an outdoor concert. Uh, they will have... Uh, refreshments that are on one-way calls that will be kind of a curbside pickup or brought out to the individual little platforms and even uh, restroom facilities which are kind of a one-way one path through kind of deal so what do you guys think of this con this concept um, it's an interesting concept it actually it actually um, gives a way for the music industry to still flourish and also the fans to still attend because a lot of bands out there uh, touring is their is their income is their revenue so not only from a fan's perspective not being able to see uh, luke bryan incubus the lumineers um alanis morissette live um it's also hurting them because that's their revenue how they build their income lot of bands especially bands i watch at you know smaller venues like the norva like they they tour a lot and yeah this uh gives an avenue to where bands can actually go back out on the road and do it safely for both both sides so i think it's an interesting experience um but it's not going to work in every venue like just from the display or the design of this venue you have to be in the blind field 
So say like small venues like the Norva or the Jewish Mother or anything that is um, small, this is not going to work. Even well, the amphitheater, this wouldn't work. Uh, but yeah, it gives them an uh, idea. Of the, you, of the ones you know, you yeah. just named, yeah. the amphitheater is the only one that is outdoors. The other yeah. two are indoor venues. Yeah, but even the amphitheater, uh, it can't do it, but it actually gives them an idea of what to do if they wanted to open up. Glenn, what do you think? Yeah, so, you know, being a, a parent to two teenage daughters, that uh, they were really upset. They had a, their coin concert canceled and Panic of the Disco. I can't remember the other one they got canceled too, but they were really upset. So this, they would love it. They'd be cheering, you know, going crazy for this because they like a lot of the indie bands. And so for them to be able to, like Brian was saying, to be able to make some money, uh, that would be kind of cool. Um, I don't know how popular it's going to be, but I like the idea because I think it's going to be really, I think it might catch on and at least other places will do something to kind of help these bands. Come. It all depends on how uh, each uh, state or country is um, limiting interaction. Well, on top of that, it's, this is the new normal. Let's yeah. let, let's not mince words about this. 2019 and how we did, how we conducted business is not how we're conducting business in 2021. So the fact that we're starting to see some creativity and trying to do these socially distant things and try to bring some sense of normalcy back to our daily lives. Yeah. As, as, as like Glenn said, yeah, I mean, teenagers want to go to concerts. I mean, you're a big uh, foodie and concert person, Rye. So anything to try and get back to these semblances of normal, we're going to want to try and do. Yeah. And I think this is nice because this is, okay, let's get creative on how we can still do this and still have these experiences and try to make it as low impact as possible. Yeah. That's going to be the new normal for a little bit, but you know, eventually they'll come back around because there are, oh, there are a lot of, a uh, lot of stuff that it, this would not work. So like bigger festivals would not work. So, but it's, it's a good idea. It's like I said, it injects uh, creativity, um, credit to consequence. Well, speaking of outdoor venues, our next story happens to be a very interesting <laughs> one, too, because it is a partnership between Walmart and Tribeca and Entertainment or Enterprises. Uh, Tribeca Enterprises is a company that kind of got itself together and put in the post 9-11 world uh, to do to do drive in theaters. What this article talks about is how Tribeca and Walmart have partnered to convert the parking lots of 160 walmarts into drive-in theaters and to show some of the old classics like jaws on the drive-in theater experience <laughs> so what do you got what, what what's our opinions on that glenn i'll let you go first oh that's awesome because my family's always talking about going to drive-in there's one that's like you know 45 minutes away from us but that's it in the whole state so, uh, yeah, I think it's cool. We were actually talking about that as a family, that that would be so cool if somebody came up with the idea of a new drive-ins to, you know, who knows how well they'll take on with all the HD streaming stuff. But uh, I like the idea. I think it's fun. I mean, there's there's tech out right now to get this the big kind of IMAX level screen size uh, in your own home. Granted, they're a couple thousand dollars for the equipment, but the tech is there. And so it's very curious to, I'm very curious to see how they just upscale that tech on a commercial level for that. But uh, they're supposed to start doing this construction in August. And like I said, it was 160 stores are going to get this. And hopefully if it catches on, Walmart might have new revenue because now their parking lot's do, doing something other than holding cars in the, holding cars in the middle of the day. Rye, what's, what's your thoughts on this? <laughs> My thoughts, um, I guess I have to give credit where credit's due to the, the Devil Store itself for doing something <laughs> to help their customers, actually. So, but uh, in all, uh, all sense, this is, a, this is another one of those creative ideas to, you know, uh, create some place to, you know, you can venture out to be safe and actually enjoy a good classical movie. I would give it a thumbs up for so you know this is a good idea i like it <laughs> getting creative within walmart parking lots honestly though i worry because i worry about the the theaters themselves and 
with all the new stuff, are yeah. they going to be able to bounce back? We um, have been talking that for what, since March. Yeah. Even before, yeah. even before COVID, we've we've been having a, a constant um, discussion about the theater experience, uh, the expansive of streaming, um, 4K, eventually 8K TVs, and all this other different stuff. Will it uh, oversee theaters? But I think it's going to be more of an adjustment. Theaters well, are, yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about it, but again, I'm going to reiterate the same thing that we talked on before. Driving theaters was supposedly erased by the bigger, the better quality indoor theaters. Yet drive-ins still exist. Yes, there's still a niche thing that has not gone away, and I don't think uh, the theater experience will go away. It's just not going to be at the same scale that we've been seeing. But kind of like uh, records, records are the new thing. Oh yeah, records came back. I mean. To think that LPs would come back and be a really cool thing again after all of this advent yeah. of the digital age. Let's go back to the old school analog record player. I mean, oh, yeah. and seeing modern modern uh, albums that within the last five, ten years that were definitely not out at the time when records were a thing. To all of a sudden see them re-released on a old school record to sit there and play it's really pretty cool wild. actually when i see I like the indie bands like oh, yeah. um, sorry right oh i'm sorry go ahead go oh, ahead. i didn't mean to cut right i'm sorry i was like i can't remember who it was um but somebody Iggy pop somebody had in new york they have a, a kiosk where you can go and you can record yourself and it will print out an lp for you as which is like it's crazy i i saw it on some show and i was like I teach digital versus analog to my students, find this. and I saw that, and it was insane. I can't remember who did it, so you have to look it up. Something. Oh, I will. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're good. No, no, you just gave that, me an idea. Perfect. This is my new Kirby. I must find this. <laughs> um, but you better yeah. watch it, man. Next thing you know, your room's gonna have Kirby's and cup of noodle model kits, and and, and uh, print your own LPs. <laughs> hey, I'll, if there's a will, there's a way. That's but fair. yeah. Uh, just to retread back, it is cool seeing like bands that I listen to currently, or you know, bands from my high school be printing on, on LP. I'd be like walking in, oh, that's a Thrice album that I like. Oh, that's Anne Berlin. Here's Jay Z. I'm picking this up. You know. Mm, yeah. Alrighty, our last story for tonight is a story that has t- is a product that has taken five years in the making, and uh, five years, people. Seems fitting. That it is to is actually coming out to mark the birthday of a very uh, controversial figure, although probably not by his own intent. And that is the Dalai Lama has recently celebrated his 85th birthday. Happy birthday. As part of that celebration, he has released his first album. Yeah. Yes. I said it. It's like waiting. I, I know someone out there is sitting there going, wait a minute. The Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama released an album. What? Yeah, I'm it's vinyl. it's literally it. It's called the Inner World. It was first conceived by a New Zealand musician, Julian uh, Ken, uh, C U N I N. He approached the Dalai Lama f- in 2015 to see about doing this. This is a mu- this is music that has been s- set to. Some of his uh, te- some teachings on uh, meditation and whatnot is supposed to be very soothing and relaxing, but it's it's very interesting because for me I'm thinking of this as this is how do we get our message out and how do we think outside the box because that's kind of been the theme with some of these. Tesla thought outside the box by making a commercially a pretty much commercially viable all electric car which that has been attempted to do and hasn't had a lot of success, but now it's out there and they're moving into the SUVs and then the trucks. And now, and with, uh, this venue, this outdoor venue in the UK with Walmart converting parking lots into drive-ins, you know, let's get out, let's get creative here and send gets, get, uh, something out for consumers to enjoy. Uh, what do you guys think of the Dalai Lama joining the music industry? I am very excited, and um, it, it combines two things that I follow, which is I do follow some of the Buddhism teachings and also ambient music. It combines both into one. 
Um, and it is available on Spotify because I did download it. Oh, um, nice. But yeah, <laughs> it is. It, I think it's pretty cool because it, it puts, like you said, it gives another avenue to put out a message that is... Um, that is very, you know, you know, helps people, you know, guides people, can just help you think and relax. Even if you're not, uh, you know, of the Buddhist teaching, it's still a positive. And just a quote from here, uh, the entire purpose of the project is to try to help people. It's not a Buddhist project. It's to help everyday people like myself, even though I'm in Buddhist, end quote. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where even if not of the teaching, you can still get something. Glenn, what's your thought on this? I'm a big positive, put out positivity into the world is the best thing you could do. So, I mean, it might not be my maybe religious following, but that doesn't matter. Anything, anything that's good is good. So I, I like it. I think it's cool. Yeah, definitely. Especially with all the, all the shenanigans we've seen over the last few weeks, something like this is very, very refreshing to see. And hopefully I wish all the success. I'll probably try and, check it out but it might be on itunes because i it use itunes be. for my thing i, would I don't guess, use spotify anymore um yeah, i would guess if it's on spotify more than likely it's on apple Music. yeah so. yeah all right so. well with that um we will say good night to glenn and thank you very much good for night. spending your evening with us uh hanging out thank talking you, about D clubs and all the all that good vibe in today's world where it's like we need some we need some positivity like that around the game and the gaming table is a great place to hash out a lot of things. So, uh, thank you very much for spending time with us and we'll look forward to seeing you in the chat and maybe, uh, can chat with you again sometime. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate your, uh, letting me come on and talk about it. And, uh, just great to kind of, uh, talk about all the great things that the kids that I have helped out. Well, as I mean, as a father and someone who's run teenagers through a game, it's I'm all for the power of the gaming power of gaming and more importantly, the power of people who can see D&D for what it is as the collaborative story experience as a means to uh, to test the waters with some social interaction and situational thinking and critical thinking and to be able to do that and it's always amazing to see what people come up with like somebody casting a grease spell and somebody else using their flint and steel to try and kill a swarm of spiders i mean yeah, i think that's great <laughs> <laughs> yes you know you know fight them monsters fight them wizards fight them which i will say if you're curious and have not seen the episode of challenge accepted i'm referring to that will come out on that will go live on youtube tomorrow at or p at 2 p.m i believe 2 or 4 p.m challenge out, accepted Check episode 7 will be out so you can hear how this uh comedy of errors came together <laughs> oh, sorry i had to, no I had to just throw that out there because i know it's been a running gag <laughs> no it's great I, again i appreciate that opportunity it's just you know uh seeing this the great things that dmd can bring and and, and how this community's kind of grown and it's just been awesome. It's a great experience. And I'm just grateful to, man, to have that kind of, like I said, the blessing in my life to see those kids do those things. It's not me. They sit around a table. There's no, there's no gender. There's no race. There's no socioeconomic uh, you know, distance. They're just telling a collective story. And it's just awesome. I love it. So nice. yeah, it's, it's great. Games bringing people together. I approve. <laughs> so all right if you want to see more of uh glenn's actics as uh the halfling monk uh check us out saturday or uh, saturday at 8 p.m here on this channel to uh see the next episode of challenge accepted and with that we will transition over for ryan and i to do our closing comments thanks everybody bye all right All righty, right. So that was a good show today, don't you think? Yeah, it was a great show. We got, we got to talk about some theatrical plays, me getting shot out in the game, and Dalai Lama and new music. Great times. It, it's it's been good. Um, don't want to spend too much time longer. I we're pretty much trying to keep this right on track. Uh, I actually have to run and do something really cool in a little bit, and uh, I will tell you guys more about that later. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> so I'll leave you that as a teaser for something cool to come and we'll go ahead and run through our contact info and
this is where you can find us check us out follow us uh as i said before i want to thank you to the community thank you to our subscribers uh, again thank you to sirenscape for allowing us to use our soundboards and background music uh, if you like the content here and you're not a, and go ahead and click on the follow if you want to support us because it does take uh, resources to do this and we do want to grow and expand uh, so subscribe if you feel feel comfortable go ahead and subscribe if you're a, have access to twitch prime you can use your twitch prime subscription to help us out uh, if anything also when this comes out on youtube and our other mediums like it give us a review share it out with your friends that kind of support is what's going to help us grow more and we will see you guys on our next adventure peace